Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Bill Clem, the chairman and CEO of eBliss. Bill, thank you very much for taking the time to chat to me. Tony, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time uh, on your busy schedule of helping your helping your wife up at the uh, up at the hospital. So very nice to nice to meet you. Nice to be with you. Thank you very much, um, Bill. Um, I was. Um, uh, really appreciative of receiving some information about um, your thoughts on State Farm and the fact that State Farm has announced that it will no longer issue new homeowners insurance policies in California. And it's sort of something that we probably uh, um, anticipated, but it's still um, quite a surprise. So maybe I think just to start off with, if you can give us a little bit of a backdrop um, to that and why you are commenting on that. Yeah, so uh, so so first of all, I think it's an interesting time on the planet as kind of the global risks are changing. So if you think about all the variables that are moving around today, um, everybody talks about climate change in general terms. Well, companies that are adjudicating on risk associated with paying claims, they're living with that risk associated with mathematics and shareholders. And so the impact to to us as consumers are that those companies can no longer tolerate the risks associated with the business situation because of these outside influences coming in. And so as as a result, when they look at themselves as individual corporations, they really are they really are at a conundrum because they can't go to their shareholders and and justify the risks associated with those losses. Um, because again, the funny part is, is that the consumers in California, a lot of them are shareholders in the company that they're actually now can't get insurance from. So there's there's a very interesting circle that's going on, but it all relates to two, I think two fundamental things. One is climate change is changing the risk profile of losses in general. You got fires, floods, you know, you have massive shifts in or changes in in the climate situation specifically. And then you also have the governments that aren't in a position to be able to act, to be able to support either the insurance companies and or the consumers themselves. So as we as we kind of talked in the preamble, right, um, all governments have a very difficult time reacting to changes because they move so slowly. Well, the marketplace doesn't care. The marketplace is moving at the speed of the market, right? And the marketplace is moving at the real the speed of the reality um, of the of the situation. So I I spent 16 years in San Diego, California. I lived there, I had a business there, loved San Diego, California. But San Diego, California historically has had like the most perfect weather ever. Like it is it is a desert by the sea, beautiful weather, no humidity, lots of sunshine. And you're watching those average temperatures now climb up and you're watching humidity now creep in. You're watching bugs. The whole, you know, California, Southern California is changing. So all of those things drive risk. The house I had in California um, I backed up to a big green belt. So beautiful area, you can't build on it. I couldn't get homeowners insurance because of fires, because mm -hmm. of the potential of fires. There hadn't been a fire there in years, which by the way, makes the insurance companies even more nervous because they said, well, then there's a high chance you're gonna get it. So they, we came down to one insurance company that would insure us as a new house I was building. 
So again, I experienced this personally. So when I when I when I look at these things, I look at the question becomes what's the role of government in supporting consumers for getting insurance? As insurance companies are going through this journey, right? Because they're judged solely on their loss rates, right? That's how they're judged. Mm. They they have a one-dimensional decision, right? They have to get out. Government hasn't stepped in to help change those rules to be able to offer an opportunity for insurers to be able to diversify their risks. Mm. So if you mm. think about it, I am certainly not into a socialized system of insurance. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that the reality of what's going on, it is, it's, it is time for government and the insurance oversight organizations to be able to take a look at that and ask the question, what's good for the consumer? How do we as a government protect the fundamental architecture and infrastructure? How do we play a role in that? And how do we help the insurance companies more equitably justify that use on, on deploying on, on insurance contracts? To me, that's one of the major disconnects. Again, I think this is the role of government is to provide a safety right a safety net for all of the consu all consumers right to keep you above above the flames so to speak mm -hmm. um and and that is the element that i think is massively missing i'll give you another example the state of florida right battered by hurricanes over the last 10 years right several large major losses insurance companies are escaping florida like crazy the interesting thing is as they escape different insurance models start to crop up in Florida. So you're seeing a lot of small insurance companies, you're seeing co-ops, you're mm -hmm. seeing reinsurance companies come into place. So the market is trying to find solutions to these problems because government has not stepped in to create an architecture around the reality of what insurance companies are. As you and I both know, insurance companies are a fundamental safety net for all of us, right? Yeah. We all, we're all sitting here, you know, I have this house I'm living in right now, if I didn't have insurance and I, the house burned down, you know, total devastation for me as a, as a, as a, as a person, right. To my family and to myself. Um, so I think that is one of the roles of government is to make sure that there is a place for insurance to be able to be able to be affordably deployed for consumers to provide that level of safety. Mm. That's that that that's what I believe is 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 the reality. Yeah, because you know if you think about it, um, for the insurers, it is a matter of sustainability. In other words, they make those decisions based on that. But if you think a little bit broader and a bit more long term, if we react like this every time um, we hit a situation like this, which if climate change continues the way it does, that will spread and it will result into other lot types of losses and other types of completely catastrophes. Agree completely yeah. agree with you. That's exactly. But, that, and but again, that, but that's but that's my opinion about the role of government, right? Hmm. So as an example, you talked about California. Well, if California could look at it, could could model their risks against also the people in Nevada, 
and and if they can expand that outside the state of California mm -hmm. and more broaden their risk, if the government allowed those things to happen, right, then the insurance company could deflect their risk into other markets and broaden their pool of uh, of, of people within an insurance class and mm -hmm. to provide those consumers. But that's what I'm talking about, about the intelligent role of government to support that insurance company. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is, as, as you know, these things come and go, right? So they, they're going to come and then that loss rate is going to drop way down. So right now that peaking loss rate is causing a short-term issue. And because they can't deflect that risk across a broader population, right? They're making an individualized decision and they're canceling policies. So yeah. to me, that is that's what I'm talking about. That one little simple rule, right? If they mm -hmm. make, if the government allows the insurance uh, jurisdiction who sits over the top of the insurers, if they were if they were looking at those rules and understanding how to make those adjustments to give that insurance company that extra edge, the consumers would be the one who would benefit. But because they don't think about that proactively, right? Because they don't. It, it goes into these individual situations. And I completely agree with you. If that is, if this is left to continue, you will see the uninsured population globally go up dramatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there needs to be a different type of uh, situation. We we have a another sort of almost fallout from the same situation um, because what we see here is a, an increase in what what we call co-insurance mm -hmm. and that is where multiple insurers would share the same risk absolutely um, right. because the same the insurers don't want to increase um their risk in a particular area or exposed to a particular type of loss etc and they look for other people to take part of the loss now this is a long-term thing it, it's it, it's been Completely done agree. for many many years but the challenge is that it is becoming um, quite prevalent now. And um, what is happening is that it, it makes things so complex because all of a sudden now um, a, an insurance broker needs to run and manage three or four, four or five different insurers on one risk. And they have to run the relationships. They have to run all those agreements all of those sort of things when there's a claim, the claim has to be portioned between all. It just increases this burden on totally trying agree. to get the risk insured. Mm -hmm. And somehow, as you now said, there, there needs to be um, a, a better uh, um, relationship between insurers and government to mm -hmm. come up with a sustainable long-term solution for this. You know, because so, businesses... So a business is, as you say, purely going to look at this is the risk, that's the cost, these are the shareholders' requests. Act so, on so, so let me tell you the words I would use to describe that. There needs to be a revised framework by which the insurance companies exist. Those frameworks are largely established by two things. One, by the shareholders of the individual companies, and the second thing is by the regulators that put those frameworks in place and support them. So that that is why somebody's got to start and needs to start with the government allowing a different framework to be established to be able to set those things in place. I do think it's interesting that as you and I are sitting here talking, we've talked around the issue, but the driving issue that's causing this is the fact that 
we have affected change. We have affected the journey of change on the planet, and we've changed that journey of change to the point in which the mathematics, um, which the mathematics are, um, uh, have been adjusted, right? And we don't know all the variables, right? Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. is, so so that is what is that's what all of is is going on behind the scenes. Um, is these things are is these things are adjusting, and it's adjusting because of climate change. The math looking previously, right? So they do these actuary tables and they run these histories. Well, now that history is changing. And so now their predicted history of the future, not history, but their prediction of the future has them with a probability index that they can't survive mathematically, right? Mm -hmm. So that is, those are the things that's going on behind the scenes. So that is the, that is what I call one of these insidious elements that is, that is underpinning global climate change. So again, people think about this generically. Well, now the specifics are coming home to roost, right? And so everybody is now scrambling and the business models, like you, you mentioned earlier, right? You had, you, you had all of these terrible riots. Well, the yeah. riots are due to the fact that people aren't feeling safe. They're not feeling supported by their government. And so they are expressing their dissatisfaction by, you know, angry mobs, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. because the governments haven't reacted to create an infrastructure and an architecture that companies can survive in, right? Mm -hmm. They have not cre created that. So that has causing that level of dissatisfaction. So the response time to this to this climate change, right? The response is not is not there. And then the other thing is the sense of urgency, mm -hmm. right? That you've got to do this. Everybody puts it on the back burner because they want to talk about, you know, Donald Trump being indicted. Well, that's not what that, that's not what people really want. Mm -hmm. What people really want is they want to be able to be insured, right? They want to have clean water, they want to have mm -hmm. clean air, and they want to be able to raise their kids safely, right? That's yeah. what those are the basics that people want. But I think that government has forgotten the fact that their responsibility is to provide a framework by which mm -hmm. all these other companies have to live within. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the case of California, government has a responsibility to ensure the sustainability of California. And that that goes with ensuring that each suburb is sustainable and that people don't just uh, create a ghost town by upping and moving, you know, because what's the fallout of that? And that's government responsibility. Not companies' responsibility and business I, I, responsibility. You, 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 and I are completely aligned. I mean, mm. I moved. We moved our business out of California because, the, in my opinion, the business practices, the practices to support business, weren't supporting the businesses, weren't supporting the taxpayers, weren't supporting the employees. Mm. They were supporting what the government wanted to do from a social standpoint, and all of those things are feeding on each other. Now you got homeless issues. You got the insurance issues. So all of those bets, right, that the government has made were not well calculated. And so as a result, now you're seeing these fall on effects. Yes, we we had that with, um, we have a city, Johannesburg, yeah, um, Gilbert, our yeah. biggest city in the country. And government neglected that city in terms of crime, especially. And um, that has snowballed to such a state that eventually all big business packed up and left Absolutely. and the the whole city inner city has fallen into complete disrepair 
and it's just a, a it's basically a, a crime infested environment that nobody wants to buy property, own property, maintain property in that area. And that no business business tried hard to revive that area, but they cannot do that because it's a government responsibility. It's Again, not I, I'm I so I have a slightly different language on that. So what I would say is it's government's responsibility to partner with business to align investments that are realistic so and create an infrastructure that's investable that has not been done right yeah. and so i think that to me that's the same thing i find with climate change in general so in the us and california passed this sweeping legislation i call it an emotional legislation that says everything's got to be you know non-carbon based by blah 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 well the the million pieces of technological decisions that have to be made to be able to have that grid support electric cars at that level the million decisions the million inventions that have to happen to do that they haven't been invented yet mm -hmm. so th now now what you have to do is you have to create an environment in which people are willing to invest dollars to get a return for those things and that's how those that's how those infrastructure and things happen those giant bats happen so i want mm. you to go back to 1960 um john f kennedy stood up and said we're going to go to the moon all of the all of the people all the consumers excuse me all the all the consumers all the scientists who are supporting him said we we don't know how to get to the moon like we have no idea how to get there right i mean we have an idea but we there's so many inventions that have to happen 1968 we put humans on the moon, right? Eight years. So in eight years, we invented, because the government partnered with industry, partnered with the consumers. So the consumers were excited about the opportunity. So the consumers were betting on companies that were investing in technologies, right? Mm -hmm. The government supported those investments and co-invested. And a whole raft of technologies that we currently enjoy commercially came as a result of that space race, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. My belief is, is that globally, and I'll speak to the US, globally and in the US, that same level of leadership needs to be deployed to say, we are going to work together between government and industry, and we are gonna find the complex solutions to these climate issues, right? And we are going to align the, we're gonna allow people to invest and get a return. So by the way, the other perverse logic that's in all of this is, is that how all this cycle works is you, is you, is you allow, again, I'm gonna make up a specific situation. You give tax credits for people to invest in battery technology. I'm making this up, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then the consumers look at those companies that are taking those risks and say, the government has de-risked some of that. So I, Mr. Consumer, will put my money into that company because mm -hmm. that company is investing in that problem. And now, and now we, the consumer, we benefit from that because if those companies win, then we make more money. People yeah. say the company makes more money. But in actuality, it's the investor, as in the individual consumer, the individual pension fund. Those are the ones who are going to get the return, right? Yeah. You're going to have you're going to have five companies. You'll have five CEOs that make money. Who cares? You're going to have 40 million people who've made a great return on those companies. So that's what you want to incentivize, right? You want to incentivize because if you align those things up on this conversation. 
then the government would be saying to insurance companies, my God, my goodness, we need to make sure insurance companies are going to be there because that's fundamental to these other things, right? But because that mentality isn't there, because that interconnectivity isn't understood, everybody thinks of these things as an individual conversation, mm -hmm. which is results in you writing articles and pushing this subject forward because nobody's thinking about it as an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. No, totally. And hopefully the conversation increases, you know, and that sort of thing. Well, that's that's um, why I'm doing this with you is to see if we can't start that conversation. Because um, I think it's those of us who have the capability for changing the planet have a responsibility mm -hmm. to do so. So I will, I'll use my business and my mouthpiece to try and push this agenda forward. This isn't my agenda, right? Yeah. This is the agenda of us as citizens of this planet. This is our mm -hmm. agenda. Yeah. Totally agree with you. I think what I'm going to do is um, we we do um, uh, live sessions every now and then where we discuss some of these and then I invite two or three or three or four people on a panel to discuss it. So um, look out for that invitation. That absolutely. I will send just you let to Tessa discuss. know. She'll make sure I show up on time. So um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, I again, I think your I think the angle is an interesting angle. I I think that you're I think you're bringing to light these things at a, and I think that's really important because yeah. truth in people's minds happens when they hear about these things in multiple angles from multiple mm. points of view then you highlight that truth the, so the, the one kind of final comment I would say is this is an ecosystem so what what you are seeing with the insurance to me is a canary in the coal mine on on other fundamental things in which the unification of effort between government industry and consumers that mm -hmm. unification of effort takes leadership and that leadership has to come from government mm. absolutely well paul thank you very much for this conversation i think i can carry on for a long time with it but um i i really I, enjoy I'm, it i could talk i could talk all day so thank you very much I appreciate yep. it and, and thank you for the work you do. And obviously thanks to your wife for 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 doing what she does in the hospitals in that in that area. So um no. again, appreciate all of it. Absolutely. Thank you.